Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Today I have the distinct pleasure of hanging out with Alana Heim. And uh, Alana, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited to be here. And I told you my daughter has the exact same name with the exact same spelling, but she doesn't say it right. So I, I'm going to try not to screw up and call you Alana because that's been in my brain for 20 years because um, you are Alana. Yes, Alana Banana. <laughs> and I have that written down, so that's how I'll remember it, and I love that. So Alana and I, we met at a seminar here locally for female entrepreneurs, and um, in a, we, we were in one of those little breakout five people things, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like speed dating for business. It was. It was really fun. It was really fun and kind of intense um, and fast, so when when you set things up so that they're super fast, but super intense, a lot of verbal vomiting happens and it was really fun. <laughs> and you are the um, proud owner. Your website, your business is called Prosperity Alignment and it's prosperityalignment.com, which we'll have in the show notes. But tell me what you do. Oh, I get to work with people who are struggling with their relationship with money. And they're struggling in a way that they don't know who they are and how they're here to flow abundantly to earn it their way. So it's a level of really kind of going deeper into the mindset. We also get to dance with what are the things that hold you back? What do you really know you're here to be doing and you're, you're not quite doing yet? And so we get to tackle all of that and also include more of the financial realm of strategy and tools, but really I love the inner alignment piece of financially, who are you and prosperity wise, what, what helps you to be in alignment? Which is really a different viewpoint. So I picture financial advisors, accountants, people that work, and I was halfway through my graduate degree in financial planning when I realized it was so not what I wanted to do, and I dropped out of the graduate program. So I see it as like a super type A, introverted, um, hyper-organized, you know, personality. Is that, am I totally off base with that? No. <laughs> and, and a little bit, that's the stigma. And that, um, I'm, we, I know we'll get deeper into this through our conversation, but that's kind of what I felt like I was pigeonholed into be, and that's not me at all. And when you talk finance, you can't, and money, and because my background is I am a certified public accountant. And I am a certified financial planner, but I'm going kind of against the grain and not wanting to prepare tax returns and give the typical financial advice. What I was seeing is that it was just all too externally driven. And I know that it has to be an internal process. And that's what was missing. 
for me and why I just, I couldn't do that world anymore. So like you hit it exactly on the head because that really is the dynamic of being that accountant and whatnot. But we need those people skills to really be able to understand each other. Finance, I think, has always been put in this category of not only external, but it's just, it's black and white and you do it this way. And it's very perfunctionary. You know, you, you just, you follow the list and the guidelines and the, and I love my CPA. I love her probably mostly because she's also a scuba instructor. Oh, cool. So she's, she's not that quite that she is, but she's not quite that personality, which is kind of what I felt from you when we met. So let's go back. Talk to me about where you grew up because this was definitely a process into taking something very black and white and type A and external and bringing it inside, which is so true. Yeah. So true. So take me back to um, growing up and family and all of that. Yeah. So I grew up in Northern California. I grew up in a little town called Winters. It is just west of Davis. It's um, still kind of further west of Sacramento in between San Francisco, Sacramento. So a little town of 6,000 people. Um, my parents divorced when I was 12 and they really ingrained in me because they were in the supermarket business. Like they worked for grocery business forever. And the one thing they always told me is never get into the grocery market. <laughs> You're going to go to college. Like you need to go to college. So really for me, I actually moved to Reno to go to the university and never left, loved it. And so there's this dynamic of, I knew I had to go to school. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I loved numbers. I was really good with math, but I didn't want to do engineering, science, the math. I didn't want to go that route. So business accounting really called to me, which is, which is interesting because everyone, most people are like, they cringe when I say I studied <laughs> accounting. They're like, oh, I tried accounting and I went finance or, you know, I changed altogether because I hated it. So my parents were um, typical workers, had jobs. That's what they instilled. Um, you go to work. They wanted me to go to college, get a degree, then get a job and work. And so that really is kind of the American dream, if you will. I kind of call it the American scheme a little bit now with where I am today. But it's, it's exactly that mentality of, hey, I'm just here to go do this. So when I picked accounting, I knew there was just something there. I loved the numbers. I loved, it kind of spoke to me. It was easy. Um, and the more I, I studied, the more that I, I did accounting, the more that I always knew there was a bigger picture. And for me, I loved the tax side. And I just, I didn't want to just do taxes. I wanted to see the bigger, the bigger picture. So that's what led me to become a, a certified financial planner. What else can I help people to understand how the taxes fit into a bigger plan? And these are pieces that my mom and dad didn't quite do. Um, but that work ethic was a big piece of what was just kind of drilled into me. Like you need to go work, 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 work. What year were you born? 1979. Okay. So I was born in 70. That gives us, so our parents, were that generation that worked super hard, kind of not the generation that stayed in the same business forever. Some of them did and some of, they were just starting to break away from that, you know, where you, you got into a company and you stayed there until you retired. That's my dad. 
Right. <laughs> See, we're, we're kind of a cross breed. I think our generation, our parents were, were a combination, but they wanted something more. It was like they were the stepping stone to the next generation wanting more. So we were raised with really great work ethics, but not necessarily really great direction. Is that a good way to phrase it? Or they uh, wanted us to just go to college, go to college, get a degree, and everything would be better for us than it was for them. But that's not necessarily the right way to do it or the only way to do it. Yes. It's kind yes. of misguided a little. But what you did was awesome and and spoke to you. Yeah. But and there's a there's a another piece that um my grandparents were actually even though they were born in the 30s, they were kind of the first generation-ish, which was early, to be dual income earners. Yeah. So both my grandparents worked, which you didn't really have usually the mom's grandmothers. And so even for my mom, it was that level of she was already working. So both my parents worked. And there was definitely that dynamic of they were trying to create more financial and more freedom, but they wanted that structure and they wanted it to be a formula. And we're all not formulas, but that's what we were taught is just follow the formula. Right. I guess I think that's a much better way to phrase what I was trying to say about direction. Yeah, they wanted to make, you have to fit, you can't put the square peg in the round hole, right? They, everything was round peg, round peg, round peg. Yeah. And some of us ended up being square pegs. <laughs> so or you, even different than that yeah <laughs> yeah you're probably a triangle I mean <laughs> you're like exactly. today I'm gonna be a hexagon um, <laughs> exactly so you loved the math and that part and you loved expanding it to a bigger picture because I get that I get going from accounting which is very um linear yes to financial planning which is a little bit more expansive I, I completely understand why you would want to do that to give people a bigger picture yeah. and choices, right? It's not all linear. And then, and you love Reno. Yay. We're both in Reno. Yeah. Um, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. And then tell me what happened with all of that. So I would say I was fitting the formula. I was in the mold in 2008 I had my first daughter my first child and things the perspective was changing so it's this level of we all have values and our values evolve so prior to kids working was important and then once I had my first child I could see the shift I could see that I don't want to just kill myself working hard for somebody else so things were shifting I was in this level of just work, 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 work. Um, went through a divorce, had to start to find myself. And so this is where I think really stuff started to come to, into play to realize I, I hadn't really explored who am I? Who am I in this world? What am I, what am I doing? I had this child, now I'm a single parent. And so it was just kind of opening up this dynamic, kept working, kept helping people. I loved what I was doing. And once, once I found my new husband, got remarried, everything started shifting. I ended up having a set of twins, but they're four now. So that was four years ago. And I feel like they, my husband and then my, the twins were catalysts to me just having a boom, a full on awakening of, I am here to do so much more than just work at this job 
and work, work, work. And I, I'm here to help people in such a deeper capacity because I got to go through some of the cycles, especially when the stock market kind of had ups and downs through the years, when the real estate crashed and that bubble kind of crashed. I had clients who were, had great net net worths. They were maybe earning a million dollars, 300,000. And suddenly they just, they weren't making it or they were making poor decisions with their money. So I was recognizing that there was a lot of inner work that I was starting to do that they weren't doing. And that's what was missing financially. And that was what was missing in my way of wanting to help people in a deeper capacity, capacity to be on purpose. You know, what are you even working for? Are you working to earn? Or are you working to create value is really what I've, I've come to realize that's what's missing. We're not, people don't think that way because we're just taught, like I said, go to school, get a job, work, work, work until you retire one day, hopefully. And that, that just didn't sit right. Didn't feel right. And so it was like, okay, pump the brakes, time to get off this train and start a business and just completely go against the grain and do everything different and do it my way. Don't you feel like having children forces you, or I hope it forces women to really evaluate who you are and what your priorities are? Absolutely. It, without a doubt. That's why I say I know my twins, but there is this catalyst to me changing and evolving because um, in the process, I also found a tool that I love called human design. It's all about understanding your energy and who you are designed to be. And I realized that my husband, Mike, my daughter, Taylor, and myself all have a very similar energy type. And the twins, Hazel and Hunter, actually have a different type. And so it's like right there was like this big revelation of, oh my gosh, if I'm here to parent them according to who they are, I have to know this information. And that's what I'm here to help other people be who they are, not who I want them to be not who the world thinks they should be. And just, it was just kind of like this paradigm kind of implosion, if you will. It's hard for us as moms. It's well, I mean, I could just end there, but (laughs) you know, to look at how we were raised and work, we are kind of just going through the motions, which isn't a bad thing because, you know, I need a paycheck. Yeah. Right. I'm, I need, making money is important, paying your bills, keeping your electricity on, raising your kids. But you're right, the thinking about it as with purpose, I know for me as a mom, I didn't want my kids to feel that way, but you don't necessarily know how you want them to feel. Like, you know it should be different, but what does that mean? How did you find, is the, hum, is the human design part of the test you have people take on your website? That's where they can get their free chart on my website. So it's an energetic tool. It gives you this really cool map of who you're designed to be. So meaning what energies do you consistently give to the world and which do you take in from the world? So we're all naturally intuitive. That's why we can walk into a room and go, I don't feel safe. I don't trust this person. Some people can actually read minds. It gives you an understanding and more clarity of what it is that you really are gifted at and picking up around you so that so that they can get on the website okay and then the human design type is that more in depth or slightly different it's part of the chart 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I thought I had taken that, but I don't, I think I bookmarked it so that I would. So that's pretty exciting. And it reminds me of, I love the test taking and learning more about yourself. The, the love languages. Yeah. So, I mean, I took that, you know, we, we kind of know who we are if you really think about it, but when you take a test and I took Myers-Briggs back when I was 17, my freshman year of college, and you see it like in black and white written down and you can go, oh, like you, it, it adds so much more clarity for me to look at that on paper and understand myself better or what I'm thinking and where that's coming from and why. So the love languages test, I had all of my kids take it 10 plus years ago. And it's so interesting because I'm like physical touch and quality time. I want to hug and spend time with you. And you most of my kids are the same way. And one of my sons was gifts, which I score a zero in. Like I am not, I don't, you do not need to buy me anything. And I was like, holy crap, no wonder he drives me crazy at the store. And this kid, it would literally, and it's completely, now I can meet him where he's at, right? Which is kind yeah. of what you're saying. So I buy him yeah. a pack of gum every time I went to the store. Something like little and insignificant. And he, he was in tears a couple times because mm -hmm. you're meeting them where they are. And that's kind of what you're talking about with yeah. human design, yes. And the Yes. And the cool part, though, is a lot of those other tests that you just brought up are subjective because you have to answer them yourself and you have to have that awareness. Human design is based a little bit within astrology. So there's birth time that it's based on. So it is absolutely based upon where the star positions were to help create the energy that formed into your soul and physical bodies to create you. So it's not subjective in the way of, oh, do I think this about myself? It actually starts to give you the awareness of like, holy crap, this is me. I knew this was me. I knew this about myself, but you didn't know how to articulate it and you didn't know how to express it. You didn't know how to answer it in a bubble on a test. Well, do I do this? Do I not? And for some of us who are indecisive because we need more time to take tests or have clarity, now you have this perspective of, oh my gosh, I just need more time than people were giving me. How did you find the information and how did your husband a lot of times when you go, I mean, you're, you're still you and you're still doing your job in finance, Yeah. but you're coming at it from a very different perspective. Now you went from math based to energy based. Yeah. You're generally not in the same room with each other. <laughs> so how did you first, how did you find the information and gain the clarity? And then how did they respond? So when I would work, so I'd sit at my desk by myself and I had client interaction, but let's be honest, it was limited. Some clients would come in, maybe we'd meet, but for the most part, just like you said earlier, the stigma around CPAs and accountants being very much like introverted and just you picture them never talking to people. That's kind of how I sat at a desk. And so for me, I have a deep level of needing to learn. I just need to keep learning. And for me to just focus on doing the work, it, it wasn't enough. I always needed music. I needed something else. So once my twins were born, I kind of shifted into wanting to learn new things. And so I listened to a lot of podcasts. I actually listened to just about any and every health summit. Um, not saying that I wanted to get into health, but there was this level of if I learn this information, 
I can potentially help friends and family that may end up with these illnesses. And very much I'm, I'm alternative based in thinking and health and just wanting to learn all of the things that mainstream doesn't tell us. So I found something, um, I started listening to business type information. And this is how I just stumbled upon a woman speaking about this human design tool and how you can use it to understand yourself and know who you are and be in alignment and really serve your purpose and, and live out in the world. And it spoke to me and it spoke so much that I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I think this is my daughter. I think this is me. I want to learn more. And then it was the rabbit hole that I just had to keep going down. And so for me, every time I learn stuff, my husband gets to hear about it. <laughs> so the, the factor um, that you're saying, you know, how did he respond? He, he usually is, he'll, he's a great listener, great supporter. And then he may have his doubts and questions and kind of bring it up. But the more that he hears and he gets to see it in play, the more it solidifies and kind of gives him, I guess, that linear or scientific side that he needs that I don't need. Um, and so slowly, I would just share and we talk about it and talk about the energy. So for him, he just he adapted really well. And full support. And he was my main um, supporter in the way of you're not happy at work. Why don't you just quit? Why don't you just do something different? Which coming from being raised by parents who literally my dad worked for the same company, he never was on board. Should I decide to quit and leave a company or, or change positions? Because that went against him. So to have my husband be completely opposite and fully supportive was refreshing. And so he's been on board and constantly as I still evolve and learn every day, I'm like, guess what? And this is going to help us and this, and he just, okay, slow down. And then slowly we just talk about it and I get to help inspire him to see new things too. It's interesting. A lot of us are parallel. I, I had no problem embracing natural medicine. I had a naturopath for years and had my babies at home with the midwife. And I just felt always so intuitively that you should try to do everything naturally first with your body and then allopathically, which is fantastic that we have that because, yeah. you know, there are definitely places for it. But then energy work, I had a much more difficult time putting, getting that in my brain until someone who was energy related in business was also from a science background, the nurse, the biologist, that sort of thing. Okay. And just what it's like, like chakras or meridians. It's not, it's just what word do you want to use that makes you comfortable because yeah. they're the same exact thing. And I was like, wait, 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 stop. And as soon as I could, and I'm not a science based in my um, education. But as soon as I could get the science behind it matching with the energy, I was like, ah, then it clicked for me. And like, where is God related in this if we're talking about energy? You know, and it's, yeah. it's interesting how we have to go through that process to make those because the, all the connections are there. And it's really easy. But not always the journey is not always easy. And you sort yeah. of did the same thing. Yes. Yes. And because I came for the, from this technical, if you want to say more science driven, because financially it's still strategic and there's all these techniques and you have to learn it very much black and white. And there's not supposed to be gray area, even in the tax world. And they want you to be, you know what I mean? That you're supposed to follow the rules. So 
very much in that grain. But what I started to realize is what is it that Napoleon Hill talks about and think and grow rich? It's this level of abundance and the spirituality and that what you think is what you get that, you know, there's Bob Proctor and all of these people for years have known that we can literally turn thoughts and um, intangible into tangible or into the physical but scientifically, we're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. And we can't do that. But there's all of this other way of seeing and believing and know that it's there. And I, more and more, I'm recognizing this is the stuff that's been hidden from us. It's why our education system is very logically driven. And it teaches us only what they want us to know. Instead of stopping to get perspective, to ask questions, get curious. How does this work? Why does this work? And that's what really has just helped me to see. And even where I am today, okay, I learned all these techniques and strategies. Where am I missing other pieces that they did not give us in our training and didn't teach us in school? Because I really believe education is here for us to learn, but not learn everything. There's only, you know, this little window or sliver of um, insight they want us to have. And there's a whole new world out there. And we have to find it within ourselves to, to link the passion, the purpose, the excitement, the joy to want to discover more. And that's what really has been happening for me on this journey of realizing what doesn't work, what is the bullshit my dad and my family has taught me that I've carried either generationally, I don't want to share with my kids, I want them to be parented in a different way, I want them to be who they are. And even more so, I want that for my clients and the people I work with that, Hey, what if there is a better way and there is a way that you want to do it? Wouldn't it feel good to actually go that route instead of some master plan that I devised for you? So how did you decide to marry the two? For me, it's not a big stretch, but you stopped working. You started your own business. You really switched gears and your husband's been listening I have a very similar situation, greatest listener ever, and pretty open. So that transition that you're making, he's part of that journey. But yes. this is a big deal going from I'm the accountant sitting at my desk in my closet <laughs> no, with no interaction to, well, hey, you need to take this energy test, basically, this test about what energy type you are so we can do your accounting. Take me through that. Pro that's big. Yeah. So it's, it was marrying. It was just me seeing the bigger picture. Energetically, I have all this inspiration. I, I think more holistically. I, um, so in the way of human design, I'm kind of on the other side of logic. I'm not as linear. I just see big picture. And then sometimes I just, I know how they work, but the, the logical people need the steps to see it. So right. that's my husband. He helps me to see what's the steps to help others get what I do. But it was this level of, um, I, I wrote a chapter for a book kind of the uh, two years ago, and it, it marries the abundance through human design and money. And originally when the opportunity presented, my husband said, this doesn't make sense. Like, I don't understand how this even relates to each other. And I said, oh my God, it has everything to do with each other. And so he had to help me break it down or explain or draft the chapter in a way that people could grasp and understand really how do these components come together because it is it's 
it's a mind shift. It's you're telling me science can relate to spirituality. This makes no sense. Like how does that relate to money and what does money have to do with spirituality and abundance? And, but it's that inner alignment piece. It's who we innately are. It's that soul purpose and life purpose. And if you, if I'm literally going to be walking you through in your business and you know where you want to go, but you don't know why, and your only purpose is to create money, you're already missing the whole dynamic of what we as humans are here to create and what's our greater potential. And it's to serve and it's to bring value to help each other. And if we're just strictly on this money path, then, and we're not seeing the value or the the inner essence and the skills and the gifts that we bring to the table, then we're going to potentially miss what we're really here to do in the world. And it's not just to work, but for the accounting side, um, like I said, I could have people who earned what we would say a high net worth kind of income or did great earning potential. They earned hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's the amount we all love, would love to earn. And yet they didn't have enough money for taxes. They didn't have the tax bill. And it would just kind of be mind blowing to see, but, but why not? And it was, they knew how to do the work, but inwardly they were either just spending because they didn't feel good or they were trying to keep up personas or compare themselves to others and look at me and they just spent to kind of feel good and, I knew that that was what was missing. The abundance, the inner spirituality, it starts with you. And if you don't know who you are, you don't even know what your wealth and value and growth potential is. And that, that's what we all struggle with, especially if we're stuck in stigmas of, oh, well, I'm just poor. My parents were always poor. We were never going to have anything else. I can't afford it. All of those limiting things that we tell ourselves, that mindset, if you're not getting out of that or working to help yourself grow, then you stay stuck and stagnant. How many of your, when you left, did you have a non-compete clause? Um, or could you take not, some of your clients with you? I didn't, but I, I, it never crossed my mind to take them. I just, I, for me, it was like, I am cutting off. I am moving forward. <laughs> I just, because it was so, um, they were used to more of that technical and strategic side. And there were times in conversation, we'd have the deeper and where do, where do you want to do and some of that. But I knew that they were more used to just having a CPA be a CPA who just prepares the taxes. How hard was it when you were going through this transition to have some conversations with the clients that you were working with? and have to constantly dial it back you must have come to this um point like pivotal point where you were like okay i can't be at this job and not have these conversations right how was yeah. that process i enjoyed the last tax season and so i literally left after tax season i knew i couldn't jump ship during it was like nope i'm gonna stick it out but that last tax season i did enjoy because for the clients that i had more of the connection in that they came in and we sat down to have the conversation to talk about their, their information. That's when I could introduce a little bit more of what I had been working with. And I was so excited and they could see it and they could feel it. And that, that already in itself is it just, 
a different experience when you're with someone and you can, you know, they're excited, but if you go to your CPA and it's just like, here's my stuff. And they're like, okay, I'll prepare that. There's just, there's no joy. And like, all right, I'm so excited to prepare your return and get it back to you and see what we can do for you. Um, so there, there was a, a difference in me because I found more of my passion. I found what was more exciting to even share with other people and help them with understanding themselves. It's so huge. We all, I mean, no one, I can't imagine anyone not getting that your financial situation is enormously emotional. Oh, yes. Or emotionally driven. Or we wouldn't all, I mean, I'm guilty of this even when you're aware of it, of meeting your new income. As your income go, level goes up, you don't have more money. How is that possible? Because we just automatically rise to the occasion. Yes. Tell me about starting your business. Was it scary? Was it exciting? Was it everything? Um, where was your husband in all of it? Tell me how that all happened. Yeah, it was super exciting because it felt like I was following my energy and I was following the flow. Everything felt correct. I knew this like deep within. I just had this knowing this is what I'm here to do. And then to leave and, you know, now I kind of, I still, now I have perspective. Um, I probably should, I could have still maybe stayed on and done some part-time or done some stuff while I was getting started, but I just knew this is my plan A. I don't want to plan B. I don't want to, I just want to just cut and run and go for it. Um, and what I've realized though, is I've grown so much and up-leveled vibrationally into my alignment and a lot of friends and family have not. And so when we, when we start a business, usually we're, we're excited because we love what we're doing and we want our family and friends to help promote us. And that was probably one of the hardest pieces that there was no promotion. They didn't really get what I was doing. They didn't really care what I was doing. And I felt that big time from my dad still do not a big supporter my husband has been, he was always, oh my gosh, I see the potential. And he always is helping me and we kind of team up on certain aspects. But it was literally, I was so excited, excited and in alignment that whatever anybody said wasn't going to persuade me any differently. That's a hard piece for each of us individually. When we want something, but we're so in, in alignment with it, there is no derailingness. That is the nature of our energy. But when we're wishy-washy, because we're already kind of, oh, I don't know, I don't know, the external influences that come through our family and friends usually takes, makes us jump ship. And so for me, I knew this is what I'm here to do. And when I shared with my dad, he literally was the, the biggest kind of in the way kind of rock, if you will. Um, he immediately said, what do you mean you're quitting your job? And I said, my purpose is to go and help people and, and to be the guide I am and all these wishy, you know, woo-woo kind of things. And he literally stopped me and said, no, your purpose is to take care of your family and to pay for all of this. And it was, it was that big realization. And again, energetically, I can feel people's fears. So I could, I could feel all of this being projected on me and it wasn't mine. And I could kind of hold the wall and keep it from myself and not let it attach but I know that's what everyone, that's what we all go through. We feel our loved ones. They just, they care for us and they want to help us, but they don't know what's best for us. They think they do, but I absolutely knew what I was here to do. So that was, that's been the hardest part 
is articulating and sharing my innate excitement and vision because it's, it's so different. It's literally uh, the spiritual side, like Wayne Dyer or even Abraham Hicks meeting Dave Ramsey <laughs> or, you know, um, who is it? Susie Orman or like, you know, the, the strategy against spirituality. And what I've recognized is there's not a lot of financial abundance taught or helped in that way where both get to come together and really be a blend. And, and that's what I see myself doing. I love it so much. It was so exciting when I first heard you talking about it. It's not less exciting now. It's more the the energy from other people that's negative. I always wonder if it's because of their own inner fears and they're ex they're projecting their own personal fears onto you. I sometimes I'm not sure what that motivation is. I know like with your dad, well he wants to protect you from failure maybe or from feeling stupid that you had this idea, or, I mean, I don't, I think it comes from a good place, but it's a very bad energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and for him, it's fear. It is his, his own fears, because my dad's very risk averse, mm -hmm. and for me to leap, he was, he's more the logical, okay, have you put everything into plan and action, and of course I had, but I didn't share that, and so he didn't know that. And he immediately thought I was just getting rid of a six-figure income to start this whimsical and magical, like ridiculously full, full, of, full of bullshit kind of work in the world. And so it's just this level of, I knew that was him right. and I could feel it and I could discern that, but it's exactly like you're saying, people project because they care and because it's usually, if, if I am jealous of you, there's a level of, I love what you have that I don't have, but guess what it's showing me? It's showing me what I can have too, if I go out and do the work and I want to create it. But for my dad, he, maybe he, he wanted to create a business, but he was so stuck in the mindset that he had to keep the same job. He had to earn that pension that you don't get any wiggle room. You don't get to leave a job and go play and work, you know, and I say work in quotes because it's, you know, he looks at me and thinks that I don't work because I don't sit at an office or I don't go to work eight hours every day, 40 hours a week, like we've been taught to do in this world. But guess what? You can work in any way that fits you and your needs. And you can be who you are to figure that out. And you don't even have to work hard if that's not your design. You can work wisely. You can work more powerfully in just being yourself and following the flow and have things come to you instead of trying to go out and get it all the time, which isn't necessarily correct for all of us. And you seem like you had a, a pretty easy time taking what you learned spiritually and what you learned technically and marrying those two it kind of clicked and made sense to you yes and it, a lot of people I don't think it does I think there's a disconnect in how to move that forward yeah and it's still I would say um, part of this awakening we're all facing in humanity we're all starting to recognize and, and notice what we're feeling and so for me, the hard part sometimes is taking these concepts and articulating in simple terms that people can understand without it feeling too spiritual, without it feeling too technical either, because there's this fine line of 
do I, do I even qualify to get a financial planner? Do I need an accountant because I'm too small or I don't have enough money? And so there's, there's a big limitation even with access to financial planners because people think that they're not good enough or they don't have enough money. And then some planners have big limits Mm -hmm. and they won't even talk to you. So again, if it's too technical, you scare off the people. If it's too spiritual, you scare off the people. So again, it's finding this, this, beautiful blend to help people just recognize who are you? What works for you? What do you want to do with yourself? How do you want to create more value and live your purpose so that you can just go and enjoy the world now instead of waiting till you retire at 65? It's like so ridiculous. That part is ridiculous. And I always hated that. But it was, I know for us, it was hard to get out of that mindset because there's, there's not like all these plan B options out there sitting around, you know, like, oh, well, if we don't want to do it this way, we'll just go and do it this way. It's not like that. You know, you have to purposefully search for that. And 2008 was scary. I mean, we had the 401k and all of that shit and it was gone so all of this these years of being taught and told oh if you just follow this formula it will all work fine that's not true it's I mean even that is a lie so and then thinking oh my god well now what and I think a lot of people and, and we're like that back then, like, oh my God, everything that you said was going to protect me and help me and be there for me is not. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in our generation thinking about social security or Medicaid or there's all these bubbles that are getting ready, I think, to just explode. And it's a very scary place for people to be. Yeah. Especially if they're not in tune with, oh, there is another way. Cool. So Tell me about the success with your, so you built this business and you, uh, that's, a, that can be scary for people is get, getting clients and starting and. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I got into a mentorship kind of program to teach me ways to be using my business or be in my business, promoting and creating funnels and that's the other side. So here I am, this structured CPA who can give all the advice and I know how people can financially and technically run business, but then to actually do the marketing and have to go and create from scratch. Because like I said, I literally left this business. I did not want to prepare taxes. So it's not like I took any clients to even still do that. I I just literally was like, nope, scratch it all. Let's start fresh. So what I've realized is the hard part has been me being kind of the solopreneur and doing it all myself, wearing like 10 different hats. And I love to create. And what I found more and more is I am innately creative in the way I think about disseminating information and teaching information. That's what really lights me up. And so more and more as I do, let's say a Facebook live or I teach a webinar and I had to learn how to do all that because I didn't know how to do that. So everything in my business is brand new. So if there was any resistance or fear, I have to literally hit and knock through it every day. Everything I do in my business is not what I learned in the last 16 years of my financial world. So it's, I love to just show up and teach. And that, that's not a problem to get up and speak, um, to lead speaking events. And I've done that in my business. I love to do that the harder work 
part is me having to do everything up to that point. So creating a massive task list of, okay, I'm doing a webinar. How am I getting people there? Okay, well, I have to like email my list and I have to email and I have to get JV partners and I have to market and do funnels and how am I going to get them here and how, what does this webinar lead to? Which class am I teaching? And holy shit, there's so much to do. And it's like, okay, I need, I need some support. That's where I get, I need somebody to do. Cause I'm an energy wise. I'm not the doer. I'm a guide. I'm a manager. I'm someone who can literally just show up and make it happen. That feels really good. I need pressure to get stuff done. So I'm always last minute getting prepped for a class or whatever it might be. And that totally feels normal for me. (laughs) And I recognize, oh, I did that my whole life. I always did that. Why would I change that? That's who I am. I love that pressure. So in business, it's just a constant learning process and getting to create these different classes and ways to share with people. And one of my favorite components or dynamics is I had teamed up with the children's cabinet, which is a nonprofit here in town and taught a a four month little mini series for them. And it was so for, for their clientele, their low income assistance, they help keep families together. They provide Um, They want parents to still be able to work and they're going to give them assistance like childcare or whatever it might be. So they naturally, their curriculum and the classes they teach us are very much parenting based, but they didn't have anything to help their parents to develop themselves. And so I took this class. It was not anything to do with the financial. It was more to do with the spiritual and the mindset and to understand who they are in the way of where do they want to go and what's hard, what's the resistance. And it was really fun because I love that for me, I want to help everybody. It doesn't matter if you feel like you are in poverty or you are near it or whether you are wealthy. I, I know that the same money beliefs on either end are very much the same. There's so much scarcity and fear that drives it. And To be able to just teach people to have a new perspective, that's what lights me up. I get to help break the paradigm, if you will, of what we've been taught and just give them a little insight into what else is possible. And that's what's really fun. A big part of it, I would think, is taking whatever their belief system is or energy type is and like once you learn that, you can be like, oh, I get myself better, you know, which I love. I love that part. And then even with lower income, I would think there are things you could, small things you could tweak on a regular basis that would make a big, it's compound interest, right? In your attitude or your behaviors. Are you finding that to be the case? Yeah, that a lot of times the way I work with people, money is towards the end of like let's say whether it's a six month journey working privately with people or in a group, money is one of those taboo topics. It's just like politics. Oh, we, we don't talk about this. We don't talk about money. Well, guess what? When you look back at your own family dynamic, did mom and dad talk about the money? Did you guys have an open conversation? Even when it comes to end of life planning, who knows what the estate plan is? Did they tell you if you're part of it or not? Not because of the money, do I get it, entitlement factor, but just to know who's facilitating, who's going to help make the arrangements and who's going to do whatever needs to be done. So it's this level of, do we have these conversations? 
And when we don't, you already have a wall. You don't know how to have a conversation. You don't know how to facilitate a conversation. So for me, I like to help people see kind of the vision first and then learn the energy side because now there's a whole new perspective of here's who I thought I was. Here's who I really am. And now let's clean up that gray area to get you to where you know who you are. And now you already naturally have this inclination to want to know how does money fit into that? How, did, how does this money fit into this alignment piece and who I thought I was and who I am? And what bullshit did I pick up from others? What lies, what stories, all of it did I pick up that is external and has influenced my internal so we can shift all that. And that helps to really open up the whole money dynamic where now you want more or you want to create more in a way that actually feels good. It's more conscious based. It's more clean. It's more just green, whatever it might be. And now you want to learn strategy. Now you want to know the financial techniques because you get it. Is that getting it difficult for people who they thought they were and who they really are? Is that a tough transition or is it pretty easy? Um, it depends. I would say it, it feels easy-ish because it's kind of light bulbs going off. Okay. The hard part of it is the deconditioning process. When you start breaking free and you realize that there are blocks, there's resistance, there's old patterns, that's the work that we're all here to do. And if individually we did that, we would already be shifting the collective consciousness even more. But for you and me and everyone listening, it's this level of just like we talked about fears. So my dad bringing up his fears and bullshit, that is me having to do my own inner work to recognize it, to, to stop it, to say, wait, that's his, that's not mine mm -hmm. and not hold on to it. And if I did take on any of it and left the conversation feeling like, oh, honey, I don't know if I should do this business. Boom, he could help me to flush out or I need to have the awareness to say, wait a minute, is that mine or is that his? And everywhere we go in life, we're constantly picking up other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. And if we can break free and even just have awareness to know whether it's yours or not, that helps you to have new perspective, new awareness, new reflection on, am I going towards what I want or moving away from it? That's the I big work. I, and I love that. And I can think, I mean, finances are a tough one because we um, associate our value, like our internal value with our external bank account, right? Yeah. I think that's pretty normal, but there's so much else. So I get it better now because I remember I never liked Christmas. Mom was always depressed. We never had any money. It was always like, it was always this not good time of year. And I remember when my first daughter was like seven months old and I was watching her, I was like, I don't actually feel any negative emotions about Christmas. Like that was, that was my mom's baggage. I don't have any of that. None of that's mine. And then I realized, oh my God, I can make this anything I want. Yeah. And so I created traditions for our kids and like, what would I have wanted if it had been perfect? When I left the house, what was really hard for me? I didn't have any tools. I didn't have any traditions or memories, you know? And so I was like, oh my God, I can design my life. And at first it was, I can design life for my kids, but 
then I was like, oh my God, I can design whatever I want. But you're taking that to such a bigger level. But that I get that light bulb realization yes. moment where you're like, holy shit, yes. this is what I make it. And, and I love that example because that right here, I want everybody to recognize that's what we can have with anything and everything. Right. And financially, what do I want it to look like? I don't have the tools. I don't have the tradition. I don't know. You know what I mean? All the I don't have and all the negative limitations. Stop. Recognize what's possible. Right. What do I want to create? What, what lights me up? What makes me feel good? Just so same thing with Christmas. I don't like this money and gift or this gifting thing, which you already said was not a love language. You don't care about gifts. Uh -uh. So how can I make it about the quality time and or what my kids might need because maybe gifts were for the one child. You know what I mean? Right. You start to it look was, at It's so exciting. Kids. Yes. Fun. Yeah, because I mean really when you look at a situation like money and of course and for most of us, there's stress surrounding that topic. You say, we're going to talk about your finances and instantly people's shoulders go up and you know, you have all this tension, but if you thought about it with like, okay, but what part of that baggage is yours and what part of it is everybody else's shit that attached to you and how do you really feel about it? And you can make it anything you want. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, Oh my God, that's, yeah. that's not yeah. stressful. That's fun. Okay. Yes. Woo. And that, so that's where I'm like, oh, I love to bring this together because yes. again, if you're in your head, yeah. you will play ping pong all day about, should I do this? Should I not? Guess what? We don't make decisions with our heads. We yeah. actually make it within our body, whether it's our heart, our emotions, our, our spleen that's like instinctive. We make decisions on what feels right. So we're helping people to get out of their head drop into, okay, let's have this conversation. What feels right for you? And when I work with couples, I help them individually know who they each are and bring in together what they both want to create, recognizing they each have their own baggage and their own stories. And how can we actually work through those for you to have awareness about each other to create what you want in a way that fulfills you both. And it's a win-win. It's very collaborative. It's not a win or lose kind of thing, which is what society again would tell us we have to pick or choose and lose. And that doesn't work either. Or the big compromise word, which I don't think should be a negative thing. I don't think working as a couple on finances and both kind of wanting the same things or slightly different things, it shouldn't feel like I'm losing out yeah. because I had to compromise. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It shouldn't, it, that should not be part of the language. And, um, you know, when we're making dinner or doing other stuff, compromising isn't a big deal. It's actually can be fun to see yeah. somebody else's perspective and, and go, Oh, I, I get you. I get why you want to have that tonight for dinner. You know, I mean, it's, it's not negative in other areas, but finances, they just raise hackles instantly. So yeah. breaking down those barriers is enormous with couples. Yes. Yes. And because then couples can then it passes down to their kids if they have kids. And if the, the kids see mom and dad having healthy conversations, mm -hmm. the kids are now part of the conversation. So I have them bring it in with their kids. How can your kids be a part of the conversation? How can they understand the money? Because if, if it's not a taboo conversation, then you just talk about it. Like, please pass the salt. <laughs> 
there's, there's no inhibitions. There's no fears. And that's what you can start to have in the world. Like why, why are we so ashamed of money and talking about it when it could just be another healthy experience and you get to change that dynamic and you get to create a whole new conversation or ways to have fun around it. Or when you're feeling challenged, like I don't know how to pay this bill. What if someone at the table has a really cool idea? Like, daddy, what about this? And boom, you have a whole new perspective on how to go create value and potentially earn it to pay that bill. Instead of wallowing it by yourself, feeling in your head that you have to try and figure it out when the universe is constantly bringing people and opportunities to you to help you through that situation. Exactly. It's interesting. I think maybe in the U.S., I don't know what other countries are like necessarily, but we place a lot of value on when we meet somebody. So what do you do? And it always irritates me because I'm like, well, I parent, I run, <laughs> I cook, I menu plan, I exercise. Like, what do you mean? What do I do? Because that has so much to do with who we are, right? Yeah. Our status. So I, I was talking to a woman recently who went to Ireland and you go into the pub and it is, um, it is, not just frowned upon, like it is rude behavior to ask what you do. They ask who your family is. They want to connect you by who, who your generation or in any way, every way other than what you do, there is, it's an even playing field in the pub. Your status is not at all related to so you can have an attorney and you know an auto mechanic and they're it's an even playing field and I thought god what a beautiful way to look at people instead of connecting to them in ways every way other than what do you do because when people ask mm -hmm. that question they want to know how much money do you make there we're we're sizing each other up financially when we ask that question and it it's it's such a terrible question yeah it's limiting and i for for how I've, I hated that question, especially when I was in that point in my career when I didn't like what I did. And I was like, ugh, who, who fucking cares? Like, you know, because why do you always talk about it? And what I realized is what your values are is what one of the facts is that you will talk about what you value. And so in exercises I've done when I've done speaking events, I will have people pair up and I'll ask the question, who are you? And what you typically say first is what is highest value for you, which if that happens to be your family, you'll probably say, I'm a mom, I'm a parent, I'm a wife, whatever it may be. But if work is more of your highest value, you're probably going to say, well, I'm a CPA and I'm this. And all of a sudden you'll, you'll attach who you are to that aspect. So I love that dynamic. But when, when I go out and just speak to people and try and connect and network, it's a level of just asking something that's more like, what really gets you passionate about life or what fulfills you or what makes you smile or just something to that effect, just like you're saying that now you get to know the person and what makes them tick and who they truly are, not the work that they do and how that attaches to them. That's such a small part of who we are. It's, oh yeah. It's so limiting. Alana Banana, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on and sharing your story. I love what you're doing and the work around that. It's so, it makes finances so fun and exciting. Who would have thought? I know. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a unique perspective, isn't it? Yeah, thank well, you thank so much you. for visiting.
Yeah, I'm so glad to have been able to share a little bit about all of this and to connect with you and all of your listeners. And it was fun. And just, I, I want to go back to that last, like, fun piece of your realization with Christmas. Because what if every day could be like Christmas in the way of how you want to create it? That's, that's what we're all here to enjoy and have more of. And that's what life is about. It's not about getting stuck in the finances and then accumulating and never getting to use it. So huh, make of it what you want and have fun. Thank you so much for listening in to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Like, share, and of course, comment. I welcome input with attitude. Get a copy of my book on Amazon, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.